Welcome, I'm Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl. What's an Ish Girl? She's someone who has humorous grace with herself after discovering she's messed up or flaked out again. Something that comes in handy if you're working with or raising middle schoolers. A former middle school teacher and mom to two teens of my own, I know the hair pulling, heart filling, crazy making, and joy filled experiences that come with teens. I created the In the Middle of It podcast for teachers and parents just like you who want to support and impact the teens in your life. Each week, I'll be sharing stories and strategies to encourage and equip you so that you can truly become the grown up your teens remember, a meaningful mentor who helped them find their way. Hey there, and welcome. I am so glad that you're with me today. Now, I was an eighth grade teacher in the late 90s and the early 2000s before my kids were born, and I still remember the day that the Columbine shootings happened. That evening on a walk with my husband, we processed what had happened. As a teacher, the idea of students bringing guns into school and going on a killing spree, it was shocking and heartbreaking and alarming. And it was one of my first experiences with secondary trauma at a national level. And just in case you're not familiar with what secondary trauma is, I'm going to share a definition that I found online with you. And I included the article where I found this definition in my show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP144 if you want to check it out and learn a little bit more. But secondary trauma is experienced indirectly through hearing the details or witnessing the aftermath of a trauma experienced by another person. It can occur if you are repeatedly exposed to particularly distressing details of the trauma experienced by others. And secondary traumatic stress disorder refers to experiencing a trauma response, even though you didn't experience the trauma directly yourself. And it can occur after only one exposure to the details of someone else's trauma or after repeated exposures. Now that I've read that, I'm sure you can identify some of the secondary trauma that maybe you yourself have experienced in your lifetime, whether it was 9-11 or for me, one of the very first ones that I experienced was um, watching as the space shuttle Challenger exploded in, I think it was 1986. Anyway, I think for me that that's what I have yet again been experiencing this week after witnessing the events that unfolded at the Oxford High School in Michigan earlier this week. Now, it's been over 20 years since the first school shooting at Columbine happened, the first mass school shooting. And by mass school shooting, I'm defining that as Um, a school shooting where there were four or more fatalities. So it's been over 20 years since that first one happened. And since then, there have been too many that have happened to remember without having to Google it. And as a parent, I've added words like terrifying and infuriating and intensely personal to the words of heartbreaking and alarming that I first felt those emotions I first felt when I was taking that walk with my husband on April 19th of 1999. Now, you'll notice that I left out shocked from that lineup because sadly, these shootings have happened so frequently that the shock factor has really diminished for me until this week. The shootings at Oxford High School have hit me hard. First, with the teens still in high school, 
Shootings always increase my anxiety about sending her off every morning to school. Second, this absolutely could have been prevented. This is the first time in my recollection, and I could be wrong and just know that I'm talking about this because I've been so extremely affected by it this week. But to my recollection, this is a first time that a school has met with the shooter on multiple occasions around the time of the shooting. So for this particular instance, um, the school met with the 15-year-old shooter the day before and met with he and his parents the day of the shootings. And to me, that's disturbing on so many levels because it means it could have been prevented. It was in their grasp. Now, please know, I am not here to make a political statement or to cast blame or to give an opinion on how things need to change or to prescribe my 2020 hindsight version of how the school or the parents should have handled things. What I am here to do is to try to encourage you to talk to your teens about how they are feeling about it and give you some tools and resources with how to do that. Now, from talking to my own kids about shootings in the past, a couple of things have really stood out. Um, One, school shootings are part of their landscape. They haven't known anything different. It's part of the water that they swim in. They've practiced school shooter drills since elementary school, and school shootings have been around since before they were born. Two, they are oh so weary of the victims being blamed. The schoolmates of the shooters should have been kinder. They should have been more aware. They should have been more friendly. They should have, they should have, they should have. And yes, bullying is awful. We want to teach our kids to be compassionate and kind, and we want them to be aware and notice the kids who are ignored or ostracized, and we want them to reach out to them and stand up for them. But hear me when I say this, that does not mean that it is their fault when that victim of bullying brings a gun to school. Unfortunately, kids are bullied. There are heroic efforts being made to change that, but things fall through the cracks. That is not an excuse, and that is not me accepting that it's just the way it is, because that's not true either. It is me saying that mental health has so much more to do with this than anything their fellow classmates do or don't do. And that leads me to the third thing. Our kids know that this is about mental health. They are so aware of what is healthy and what is not, and they're not afraid to ask for help. The stigma for getting help for mental illness is not part of their paradigm. And fourth, They are angry. They do not understand how or why the adults around them cannot keep them safe. And that includes us as their parents, which is what makes it really hard to have conversations around this topic. Because as their parents, number one, we also may be secondarily traumatized. And also, it is easy to feel guilty or hopeless about the fact that we can't always keep them safe. This is not something that we can solve or fix for them. Now, developmentally, our teens are in a place where they're figuring out that we don't have all the answers. Violent school shootings are just another reminder that we're not the superheroes they thought we were. And that can feel like a betrayal, even without the violent reminders. So how can we show up for them in this? 
by doing the one thing that we do have control over, communicating with them about it. Now, if you're not sure how to have the conversation with your middle schoolers about school shootings, here are some rules of thumb and some keys that might be helpful. Number one, don't force them to talk about it. Ask them if they ever worry about school shootings. If they tell you they do, follow up by asking, what does that look like for you? Now, if they respond with a no, you can absolutely just leave it for another time. Or you can share your own thoughts and feelings about how the shootings have affected you. Now, when you do this, I would encourage you to focus on your feelings and emotions rather than, and I would say, please avoid the political side of things, anything to do with gun control or school policy or how the shooter's parents should have done things differently, etc. That is not what this is about. It is about processing the feelings that it brings up in you and helping them process the feelings that it brings up in them. Words like heartbroken, grieving, sad, angry, helpless, and fearful come to mind for me. When we can put words to our own feelings, it's modeling for our teens how to do it too. It might even help them articulate their own emotions. Secondly, know your teen. Does your teen tend to be empathetic or maybe strategic or practical? Maybe they're anxious or maybe they see things in black and white. Their responses are going to reflect that. So a strategic teen might feel like there's something wrong with themselves if they can envision how a shooter would plan an attack and then create a survival plan based on that imagining. They don't need to feel guilty about that. That's something you want to talk to them about and validate. What an amazing thing to be able to create a strategic escape plan for yourself and others. An empath might worry about the kids they know who demonstrate loner tendencies And then they might feel guilty for thinking those students are capable of something that's destructive. A practical teen might respond with a, it is what it is attitude. An anxious teen might struggle with hypervigilance and fear. A teen who sees things in black and white might be furious that the adults in charge did not prevent the attack. And here's the thing, this is number three. You let them feel their feels without any judgment. Remember, our teens are smack in the middle of their development and their reactions are going to be so varied and they might not be what you expect. They might demonstrate everything from anxiety to apathy to anger and accepting them right where they are is such an important part of creating a safe space for them to communicate and share with you. Validate what they're feeling. Talk to them about any guilt that they feel and help them make the connection between their tendencies and the emotional responses that they have. Fourthly, you want to empower them. Let them know that they are not responsible for anyone else's actions and encourage them to talk to you if they have any concerns about friends or classmates and remind them that the strategies that they've been practicing since elementary school can be effective during a school shooting. Case in point, I have seen, and I hope you have too, the news stories about students at Oxford High School who barricaded their classroom doors and found places to hide and survived the attack. 
Help your own teens find ways to make a difference where they are by volunteering or supporting an organization that aligns with their beliefs around this issue. Taking action and helping others is often a great catalyst for healing and for moving forward. And I would say number five is super important, not only for our teens, but also for ourselves. We want to help them moderate their media intake. It is one thing to be informed. It is another thing to be immersed. Help them recognize that they can filter and limit their exposure to traumatic news reports. You might even share and model your own plan to reduce your media exposure. Now, having shared all these keys, I do want to emphasize something here. If you or your middle schooler is experiencing distress about the school shootings that's beyond your capability to help them, please, please, please seek professional help. Find a counselor. Secondary trauma is real, and when it's severe, it requires treatment. Unfortunately, I don't think school shootings are going away. What our teens need to know is that neither are we. We want our kids to stand on the rock-solid knowledge that they can talk to us about anything. And to do that, we have to build bridges using what's right in front of us. Now, that's one of the reasons that I am so passionate about talking to you about things like this when they happen in our current events. And also, it's the reason that I'm so very excited about the free masterclass that I'm going to be offering in the new year. I cannot wait to talk to you guys about some specific strategies for building those bridges and for creating that foundation of trust with our teens. Now, if you want to get on the wait list for that class, you can absolutely do that in my show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP144. Now, in the meantime, if you want to start the conversation with your teen about school shootings using stories which I find to be highly effective ways to talk about really tough things with our middle schoolers and our teens. You can check out the three books that I'm recommending this week about school shootings. You can check out This Is Where It Ends by Marika Nijkamp. I think I butchered her name. I'm so sorry. Um, But again, these links are on my show notes page at theishgirl.com forward slash EP144. So this is where it ends. Also, The Lucky Ones by Liz Lawson. And both of those are fiction, young adult fiction books. And then also there is a nonfiction book that I'm recommending that is based on the stories of some of the Parkland school shooting survivors called Glimmer of Hope, how tragedy sparked a movement. And it again, it's by several of the survivors of the Parkland shooting incident. So you can find links to all those in my show notes. Thank you so much, friends, for hanging out with me today. I know this is a heartbreaking, heavy subject, but it's just something that I cannot not speak about. So thank you for hanging with me as we um, embrace this really hard topic and look to ways that we can communicate with our teens about these hard things. I also know that many of us have big opinions on how things should be handled. So let me be the voice in your ear reminding you to take some time to focus on your teens and show up for them however they need you in this. From an ish girl, 
who will always be heartbroken about the 128 educators and students lost in the 15 mass shootings since 1999. I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.